What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of What the Funk. Um, I'm super excited today because I am doing something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I just honestly like was scared to do it, not because I feel like my clients are gonna <laughs> out me or anything, but it's um, it's you know, as a business owner and a coach on Instagram, you get a lot of imposter syndrome and you wonder am I good enough to even like ask this of the people that I'm serving? Um, and I finally just said, you want to know what my people are awesome people. And I know that there's probably a lot of them that would be willing to come on the podcast. So I, I went ahead and just ripped off the bandaid <laughs> and I have one of my, um, longtime clients. We're going on almost a year together now here on the podcast today, Ashley, um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited too. Now, um, I just want to say that she's such a trooper. She's doing this on like her day off after she just got back from a like whirlwind trip to California. <laughs> so we appreciate your time. Um, Ashley, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll just kind of dive into a few different things and really just talk about what your journey has been like. Cause it's been, it's been pretty incredible so far. So. Well, I am well, I'm Ashley and I live in Colorado. I am a second grade teacher and I love teaching. It is absolutely my passion. And now I'm learning how to better take care of myself while still taking care of my little humans in my room. Yeah. Teaching is another level for sure. Um, I know when we first started talking, cause we became like Instagram friends, like well over a year ago, like probably like several months before we even started talking about coaching. We just, I, you found me, I think, or I found you. I don't remember. I think I found you and we just started chatting and yeah, we just, we became friends. And then one day Ashley was like, listen, I've got some questions about some things <laughs> you've been saying. And I was like, all right, shoot. And, 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 and that's, that's the uh, coach client side of our, our relationship was born. Um, but uh, you know, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit, um, you you've had prior to us working together you had quite an experience and it kind of started shortly after you got married so why don't you tell us what it was that you went through that sort of drove you to seek out further support um in the form of coaching yeah absolutely so i got married in june of 2021 and it 2021. Yes. And very shortly <laughs> after my wedding, I just started gaining all kinds of weight. Like I would not, it just wasn't stopping. No matter what I did, I just kept going up. The scale just kept moving up. And I was like, I'm trying everything I'm working out. I'm trying to eat well, nothing is changing. And it was getting really concerning. I like went to the doctor and they're like, well, you've gained 20 pounds in the last year. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't know why, because I haven't changed anything that I was doing. Yeah. I just was, I was just gaining weight. 
Yeah. And, and I feel like very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that a lot of people I feel like can relate to. Um, more often than not, like I talk to people that have been in a very similar situation where all of a sudden they're, and, and it's, and it's usually, well, I guess not usually, but you previously had not really had any major issues with weight management in your life prior to this point. Yeah, no, I had consistently been in like the low 130s, no matter what I was doing, it fluctuated a little bit over like college and high school, but I had never seen anything like that happen. It was just one day I started waking up and the weight gain just kept increasing. And, um, I would like to point out that, um, prior to this too, you had been on birth control. I was, I was on birth control for almost six years. And I, right before I started working with you, I got off of it. So the month before I started coaching, I got off my birth control. Yeah. So that's been, that's been a portion of our journey. Um, and, and what's, what's interesting too, is like, you know, you hear, okay, got a bunch of issues with weight but and and a lot of times people think that what they're doing within their life is healthy and then we kind of start learning more about our bodies and about what it actually looks like for us as an individual and we realize maybe those choices weren't the best so like do you want to sort of color for us what are like strategies and methods and like things that you tried in the past that at the time it with the knowledge that you had, you were like, this is healthy. This should work that ended up sort of biting you in the ass or not even yielding any results at all. Well, I fell for every marketing thing out there in the entire world. Anytime anything popped up on my Instagram, I was like that that's going to solve every single problem that I have. I'm going to do it right right now. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to commit to it. And then within a week I'd be like, um, I don't like this. You're like putting me in a tiny box. And so that's really everything I tried. I tried every big name out there for fitness and for nutrition. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the one that solves my problems. Yeah. And it never did. Yeah. It's amazing how that marketing works. They package everything up so nicely and they always show you the poster children of who it works for, right? They show you the poster child of so-and-so lost 20 pounds in 16 weeks, which is quite a bit of weight loss to be included. To be included. 20 pounds in 16 weeks is a very rapid weight rate of weight loss and, and kind of difficult to maintain for most individuals. Um, and, but they never, they always show you the transformation, but they never show you like, well, where is this person now in three months after they did this? Where are they now? And I, two, how do you feel like those experiences colored your relationship with food and exercise? For exercise, it felt like it was a chore. It was something I was supposed to be doing every single day for 30 to an hour, 30 minutes to an hour every single day. And I wasn't supposed to take a day off. And if I took a rest day, that was bad unless it was one that was like built into the program that I was doing. But it was supposed to be like a specific day. Like after all these five workouts, then you get your rest day. Mm -hmm. And with the nutrition, it was so many foods are good and so many foods are bad. And I really liked the bad foods. And so I was always guilty. Anytime I ate, I was like, wow, look at me. I'm just eating the foods that so-and-so programs have told me are so bad for me. And then I would overeat them. (laughs) So essentially it, it caused, you know, and this is where I like to make the distinction of, um, not 
everybody who experienced, cause you didn't have like an eating disorder, but you were experiencing disordered eating, right. which in and of itself could have, you know, God, thank God it didn't, but it could have potentially led to developing an eating disorder well, and it does for a lot of individuals. Um, and I think it's important to, to make the distinction that there's, I think it's close to 80% of women deal with disordered eating regardless of it if, and an eating disorder versus disordered eating are two different things, but many individuals struggle with disordered eating patterns that they assign morality to food and they're taught that certain food choices are bad for this reason and that reason. And, and so, you know, a big chunk of really the first like four to six months of us working together, the main focus was balancing that out within your life (laughs) with the food, with the movement, um, in a way that like made sense. Um, so, um, I want you to tell us like with, within the time that like we've worked together, how has your view of food and your view of exercise shifted from before we started working together? They're both tools to help me, to make me feel better. And so the working out no longer feels like a chore. It's something that I know I need to do for my self-care. So while I was in California this week, I made an effort to go to the gym because I was like, I'm going to feel so much better if I go to the gym in the morning. And I did the workout that we've built together and I felt really good afterwards. And with my eating, nothing feels good or bad. Like it's just food. And I know how to balance the food so that I'm eating things that are nutritious for me and are good for my hormones, but I can still enjoy my ice cream sundae yeah. in moderation. And I can yeah. stop eating it when I feel full. Yeah. And, and I, I think have another ice cream sundae tomorrow if I feel like it. Ex- exactly. Because nothing is like been off limits. Now it, there's this is where things kind of get, get a little confusing. And this is where I feel like the marketing always comes into play is the concept of healthy. (laughs) Like what is healthy food? What is unhealthy food? So like we look at healthy food as sometimes being fruits and vegetables and protein and like, that's it. But then also there's other camps that go, well, you can't have too much of this fruit and vegetable because that's bad. And then it's no longer healthy. And there's definitely shades of gray in the concept of what is good for us to eat and what is maybe not so good for us to eat. Um, but we're never really told why (laughs) it's just a a label is slapped on it. And then, and then we're moving and then we're moving forward. Like even right now we're following kind of a pretty specific game plan with your nutrition, um, more so to support right. Like estrogen clearance and hormone and get your progesterone levels up because, you know, we're turning sort of now have turned to focus to your fertility health and your cycle health since coming off of birth control. Um, and, but even within that, you're not needing to follow that hundred percent. Like we aim for that like 60 to 70% on a given day that are on my Mediterranean food list. Yeah. But I can still enjoy things that are not on that list. Correct. Um, and, and that, that, that's, again, that's really important where like, there's a point and a purpose to doing certain things. And even within this season, we know that it's not, this is not going to be the focus for the rest of your life. We know that there's like a very like short-term purpose with this particular structure that we're following. That's completely unique to 
like our situation that like, okay, we're going to bring this in because we've tried a few other things and we just needed to shift gears. Um, but we know that it's not a forever thing. It's, it's a right now thing. And then eventually even those parameters will go back to what is, what is more quote unquote, I guess, normal for you as an individual within your life. So, um, what are some of your like favorite strategies right now with food, with meal planning, what are things that you try and that you implement now that you didn't previously implement before? And I'm almost kind of thinking specifically of like, how do you manage when your significant other or your spouse or somebody in your household is not always eating the same thing as you or doesn't have the same food preferences? How do you balance that? Because that is something that we worked on together, like pretty, pretty specifically over a couple of weeks, you know, a month or two ago. Yeah. So my biggest goal and my tip whenever I'm meal planning is that I plan something that's the main course that both my husband and I will eat and enjoy And then I will add on something to it that I will eat by myself. So it's usually a fish or I'll add some more vegetables. Sometimes I swap out the rice. So I'll make him white rice, but I'll make myself brown rice. Mm -hmm. Just doing little adjustments or just adding something to make my meal a little more nutritiously bulk than what he's eating. And then an adjustment because for a long time, I was like, this is more work. I don't want to do that. But we've gone into a space of, no, I need to eat what's good for my body, for my fertility. I am going to make this change. And it's really not that much more work to throw in a piece of salmon in the oven while I'm cooking everything else. Yeah. And we're still enjoying our meal together and we're eating the same thing. Mine just has a little bit more. So it's just one of those things where, you know, a lot of people are afraid that they say that exact same thing. They're like, I don't want to make more work for myself. And I almost want to challenge that by saying you don't want to make more work for yourself or you don't want to make somebody else uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Cause there's that piece of it too, where we, we don't want to upset the other person or people in our lives with the choices that we're making. Well, and we've worked a lot on that. We did work a lot. on. I have focused a lot on that, not doing something for other people anymore. I do it for myself. Yeah. Well, especially too, like with like alcohol consumption, even like, and I talk about this with, uh, there's, I have a handful of other clients too, that we're working on balancing this because I always like to challenge, why is the norm putting toxins into our body? (laughs) Like, why is that the norm that doesn't track in my brain? Like, why is the norm that I have to have this, this, if I have anything, but an alcoholic beverage, I'm the weird one. Like we battled that with me for so long because I was like, well, in my head, the only time that I was allowed to consume calories that were from a beverage were if I was drinking. So I was not ever drinking soda. If it was a lemonade, nope, sorry, too much sugar, too many calories for no buzz and tipsiness. Yeah. So I had to really adjust that thought process of no, it doesn't matter what I'm drinking. I can just have a drink. Yeah. And, and to that point now, like, you know, for the most part, when you are participating or you are, you know, say for the most part, because <laughs> we you know we're human <laughs> is when you would, there's been times now where like, you've been able either to say yes or say no to whether it's alcohol or food 
but you're saying yes or no out of a personal choice, not out of, because you feel the need to do something else. You're no longer being like controlled by that food or that alcohol. It's like, I'm making an intentional decision. Absolutely. Last night we were at my husband's work party in California and it was an open bar and I easily could have been like, I'm just going to keep drinking. This is going to be so much fun. And I was like, nope, we're doing mocktails. I had mocktails the entire evening. I'm pretty sure I was the only sober one as I left the building, but like, it was great. I felt good. I feel great today because I didn't spend my entire night drinking. And I know that that was really good for my body as a whole. Oh, and I think that too, like people underestimate that like productivity impact and that stress impact. Like, yeah, you're going to enjoy yourself, you know, really, maybe you'll really have a good time after having a few drinks in whatever social situation that you're in. How is that going to impact you the next day though? Like a lot of people end up like, oh, I'm hungover and they don't do anything the next day. And then they feel anxious and rushed and stressed out because they lost that time that they would have otherwise had to manage other pieces of their life. So there's a, there's a balance there, right? There's a give and take. And you know, we're, I'm not telling anybody ever like, oh, you never need to drink again. Oh, you can only ever have one drink in a social situation. Like, absolutely not. Like there's definitely been nights where even I am like, I might have like two or three glasses of wine. It doesn't happen very often, but I still do it, you know, but I know all right, well, I'd better plan on not getting a whole lot done tomorrow because I will feel it the next day. Absolutely. I will feel it the next day. When I and, battled you on it for so long and yeah. then I was like, okay, wait, let's try this again. I'm not going to fight her on this. I'm just going to see what happens when I'm not having an alcoholic beverage every time I go out for dinner, every time yeah. I do this or that. And wow. Huge change. Huge change. And I want to, I want to preface this too. The strategy that I use with clients when we're looking at, um, specifically alcohol consumption, to be completely frank, this is what I, I really only use this for alcohol consumption and I've used it with, and I'm currently using it with a few other clients. If you are one of my other clients and you're like, I know what she's doing. I didn't start by telling Ashley to not drink. I literally was just like, we're just going to add to your habit tracker alcohol-free day and see where you land. Because the first step was actually connecting to the awareness of the frequency. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't drink that often. And then you start monitoring it. And then you go, oh, I'm drinking a lot more than like I thought I was. So how was that like awareness building, how did that just building the awareness shift your viewpoint of how you wanted to manage your like social drinking? I mean, just seeing it was so eye-opening. I was like, wow, I am drinking half of the days every month. And that's, that's a lot. And it's not always I'm drinking a ton, but I'm having a drink Mm -hmm. 50% of the days in a month. And I was like, let's try to back this up a little bit. And because I was like, that's just, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) And so my goal was just, let's back it up a little bit. And then as I backed it up, I backed it up even more. And Mm -hmm. so just seeing the calendar of the alcohol-free days was huge. Yeah. Building the awareness. And and I want to say too, like, it wasn't just so much that we were challenging it on the mindset of 
why are we so controlled by this one thing? But in relationship to the things that you wanted to accomplish, i.e. our goal is to get you having like really healthy cycles so that you can get pregnant, right? That's one of your end goals right now. And we really, we're really focusing in on a lot of that lately, um, especially since we were able to get some blood work and get some lab work done um, is when we're talking about, especially individuals like Ashley, who were on birth control for a long time, one of two things kind of happens. Um, either all of your sex hormones kind of get suppressed or they get out of balance of each other. And in Ashley's situation, what ended up happening is we were, um, she was experiencing and we were able to, again, and I, I kind of knew this was happening, but really were able to confirm it via labs is um, she was experiencing um, estrogen dominance via low progesterone. And for those of you that are not in the know on what that means is progesterone is the hormone that is necessary to healthy ovulation, <laughs> um, as well as a healthy uterine lining. So like not only is low progesterone linked to struggling to conceive a low progesterone can even be linked to, you know, higher risk of miscarriage very early on in a pregnancy because the uterine lining might not be stable enough to support, you know, a fetus at that point. And, and so in an effort to not only one, be able to get pregnant, but also two have the healthiest pregnancy possible, we had to look at what all this meant. Now, how does alcohol tie into this? You ask, well, if you guys haven't heard me spiel on alcohol before, um, it, it essentially backs up all of your hormone and toxin clearance systems. So our bodies are wonderful and they're smart and you cannot outsmart your body. Um, is we have, uh, via our kidney and livers and digestive system, detoxification pathways. What happens when we add in, uh, alcohol, which is a toxin is it adds more of a load onto that detoxification pathway. And then over time, we essentially are backing ourselves up. So think about like, you know, a, a, think about it like a snow plow, right? The snow plow is your body's detoxification system. Well, if it's snowing faster than the snow plow can clear the snow, you're going to have a buildup of things and excess hormones and bacteria are not going to clear out of your system, which is going to keep things sort of out of balance. And I feel like that's the, that's the simplest way to describe it. So it, the alcohol piece of it too, was also like, cool, you want to accomplish this. This is something that for right now is going to need to be monitored and shifted. But again, it wasn't like a cold Turkey. Hey, you need to cut everything out at once because we as educators, <laughs> <laughs> we know that is not how people learn. <laughs> that is not, especially adults. Um, and, and you have to scaffold things, right? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that word. <laughs> we were scaffolding and chunking in the process yes. of reducing her alcohol intake and giving, you know, and, and two, there's also that mental side effect of, I feel like one thing that for me, watching you go through that process was like the biggest like aha moment with seeing just how much more confident you got over the course of those like two, three months where you really focused on managing your alcohol intake. Yeah. I got really good at handling social situations where I felt uncomfortable and figuring out how to say no and not falling into the pressure of everybody else is drinking. So you need to drink too. Yeah. And, and that translated though into not just social situations, but just in and how you carry yourself and how you make day-to-day -day choices. I mean, and like, I know this because we talk all the time, right? So 
<laughs> so you're my client, you text me, we talk on almost daily basis. So like, I've seen that growth. And like, that to me was just like, that was such a huge win, regardless of all the physical impacts, just seeing that like mental, emotional growth and that glow up of confidence in you was so amazing to watch. So, um, nicely done on tackling that and owning that whole experience. Cause that is hard. It's not easy to challenge those. All right. So, um, I, what do you think so far is your biggest win since we started working together? If you had to like choose one thing so far, what would be the biggest win so far for you? There's so many wins. (laughs) I would have to say, I mean, for more of the mental, emotional piece, not having stress about food, just being able to eat things without worrying about it mm-hmm. has been huge. I love that I can just go, I can eat, I know what I can have because I can eat anything, but I know how to help myself make it more nutritious. I know how to balance my meals. I know that nothing is going to ruin every progress I have. So it doesn't domino effect into, I had one bad meal. I'm going to eat all of them now. I'm really good at that. And then my biggest physical gain and win would probably be that now I have a butt. Never had a butt before. So (laughs) I would have to say that's probably the best physical gain that I have made. Yeah. And what's funny is like your weight has not really shifted significantly over the last year, right? We never really put you into a calorie deficit. But if we look at like your photos and your progress, you know, over time, I mean, just in your waist alone, you've lost like five inches, right? which is, which is quite a significant amount and your hips. And did you put your, I'm looking at your measurements right now. And like your hip measurement, your hips have, you know, you dropped a little bit in your hips, but you're still at like 37 inches around like the widest part of your glutes, which is still, that's a lot. Um, and so you have had some of what we like to call like this body recomposition, which, um, I know there was like a stretch of time too, where like you were a little bit more hyper-focused and really worried about, I haven't lost weight yet. I haven't lost weight yet. And I remember like, like three or four months in, you were like, I feel like I don't look any different. <laughs> yeah. I and I was like, breakdown after shopping one day, I was like, Nope, yeah. this, I'm not, nothing is changing. Yeah absolute meltdown, which is totally normal. Like I would say like most people have a meltdown, like two to three months in (laughs) with coaching. Like that's pretty standard because we don't realize, you know, and I try to set the expectation for individuals of you got here. It took you more than two to three months to get to where you are right now. It will take more than two to three months to see significant changes. Like that's a hard pill to swallow. And it is difficult when you've been putting in the work and you've been going through the process and you've been doing the learning and having the hard conversations and you still don't feel like you're yielding the physical result that you're desiring from all that work. So like, like you definitely had, I think like moments where you were like, "I, I quit, this isn't working. Like in your head, you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah. There were a few times where I'm like, nothing, I don't feel any different. Nothing is changing. And of course I was focusing purely on like the physical part of it because so much was changing on the emotional, mental side of things. Mm -hmm. But the physical side is so important to society that that's what I was focused in on. I'm like, nothing is changing physically. This is not working. 
mm-hmm. but it was. It, it, just it was. was working at its own pace. Yeah. And now you're wearing crop tops. Now I'm wearing crop tops. <laughs> yeah. That was a recent win. You're like, I bought two crop tops and I, I went out did. with my friends in one and I was like, hot damn. Yeah. yeah. Get I'm it wearing out. one right now, actually. Hell yeah. <laughs> Love it. Right <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that that's an important piece of the puzzle is when you've had like a situation like where Ashley has had, where all of a sudden, like, I feel like I've gained weight all of a sudden. And I feel like nothing is, is making that weight move. That is usually a sign that once you start manifesting like a physical, like aspect of hormone imbalance, the imbalance has been present for a while. (laughs) Like it's been there for a while. Once you've started showing signs of that, that's your body going, Hey, screw you. I'm tired of this. And essentially like doing things that are, you're like, I have no idea what's going on and things are happening that are not supposed to be happening. And I have no answers for it. And, you know, not to say that doctors are bad. Doctors are necessary to parts of our journeys, but they will usually look at weight gain. And their first answer is to, well, have you tried eating in a calorie deficit? Yeah. I can't even tell you the amount of times in that year where I gained 20 pounds of my doctors. Like, are you sure you're working out? Are you sure you're eating okay? I think you probably have started eating more calories than you thought you have. And I'm like, no, I have not. Yeah. Please stop telling me that I am the reason that this is happening. Yeah. And again, it's that could, the why was probably a a a compilation of a few different reasons. It could have been stress, um, being on the birth control for a long period of time, um, you know, just different even environmental factors that shift things that we don't realize actually impact us on a physiological level will start to manifest themselves in things like weight gain, like fatigue, potentially like thinning hair, um, you know, just um, brain fog, things like that, digestive issues. And so, but again, we, we don't realize these things are kind of happening and that are their problem until all of a sudden they really sneak up on you and hit you upside the head. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea. Um, and that's why, again, I mean, people like me exist because I, that was me like seven years ago, you know, you guys know kind of a little bit of my journey when I went through my autoimmune diagnosis and was go all of a sudden I was sick and I was like, what the hell is happening? And doctors really didn't do a whole lot. And I had to sort of self-teach because functional nutrition wasn't a thing like seven or eight years ago, to be completely honest. So, um, which is nice that it is now because now we have the chance to change the narrative for people moving forward and just get more information, more education out there. So, yeah, but I, I feel like your booty gains have been real. And like a two, like even your waist size has dropped significantly. Like I'm even like looking at your photos just like right now. And it's like the difference between like a year ago to like now is pretty impressive. Like just the amount of like, even like your shoulders too, like your shoulders have gotten like, and your arms have gotten just like more definition in them too. And that adds to that, like illusion of a smaller waist, even though we know for measurements, your waist has shrunk. Like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, there's so many factors, but they didn't pop up overnight. I feel like it really was like month, like five or six where you were like, I have an ass. Where did this come from? I all of a sudden I woke up and I was like, wait a minute. What is this in our progress? Well, I'm pretty sure I took a screenshot, of, like the beginning one and the new one, zoomed in on my butt. And I was like, did you notice this? Because when did this happen? <laughs> it was, it really was. It was quite funny because I was like, yeah, you didn't notice that. And she's like, no. <laughs> and then I said something to my husband and he's like, 
duh, you didn't. And I was like, how did everybody else see this but me? Yeah. It's funny because we don't notice those things in ourselves first. And I think that that's, that's sort of the beauty of like coaching is if, if you had been sort of doing some of this stuff on your own, you might've changed tactics already and you wouldn't have seen certain right. things through Absolutely. because you're like, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And I mean, it, 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 but it does work. And eventually it does work. It's, and this is the shitty part is everyone's like, well, how long? And I'm like, oh, I can't give you like a hard date because every person is so different. Like, you know, I'll be honest, like with you in my head, like I had a moment too, where I questioned my own coaching. I'm like, am I doing everything right? And I was like analyzing everything. I'm like, I don't want to like, like, I don't want to fail this chick. I want to make sure that we're doing everything that I know that we're doing correctly. And then I had to like, tell myself, like, trust the process, trust your knowledge. You've done this before. You know, that every person is different and there's probably some other things going on underneath the hood that are impacting this. And then lo and behold, that gut feeling was correct. When the lab work, we're like, okay, here we, now we know, yes, this is what is happening. And now we need to dive in a little bit deeper and address that. So it's just funny. Um, well, you know, been the best part of coaching is that it's adapted like we, we started with one thing yeah. and once that started like not working and I eventually got the courage to be like hey this doesn't work anymore like taking a picture of my food is not doing it for me let's try this mm -hmm. and then we've changed we've modified yeah. as we've gone we've modified the workouts we modified the length of the workouts to fit whatever's happening yeah. at the moment and like no program that app does that nope. like it's totally different experience than anything I had ever done. Yeah. And we have gone through a few different tactics and strategies from work for workouts and food. Like, yeah, <laughs> we've gone from like photo food logging to like doing just new to nutrient checks to photo food logging to tracking in an app to going back to, you know, logging or nutrient, you know, we've, we've fluctuated as needs have shifted. And even with workouts going from, okay, what is a real, what is the schedule? First of all, like, how does this fit into your life? What does this look like for you? And then getting into how do we set this up for success into, um, these are taking too long. I just, I'm not getting them done in the time that I have allotted. Okay. Let's switch gears and, and change it up again. And then even now more recently it was I'm getting kind of bored can we change it and I was like yeah sure let's do it we've been doing this for the last you know three four months and you're really good about like seeing through a program um and like kind of getting the most out of it you can before we like change things which from a coaching perspective I really appreciate because we've talked about like progressive overload and like how to get stronger and how to sort of max out these movements and okay if you feel like you know, we're not getting stronger. You're not engaging with these movements anymore. Let's change it and be creative with the stuff that you have. Cause you work out at home. Right. Yep. I work out right here in my living room. hundred <laughs> percent in your living room with only the stuff that you've got there. And the, which is, I think very telling of what people really are capable of when, even if they don't have a gym membership. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Cause I don't have a ton, but we have made it work. Yeah. We've found ways to use what I do have and yep. I don't have to leave my house. Exactly. And it fits into your schedule. And that's mm -hmm. the most important thing, especially for movement is that it fits into your routine because you've got your dog and you've got your little like kind of routine in the morning. And if you're usually not your weightlifting, you're doing your yoga teacher training usually, um, which is super exciting. Um, and, uh, so you've got this routine settled, but the routine that we kind of structured for you didn't happen overnight. It kind of developed over the course of, again, 
for five months and then it shifted again. You know what I mean? So it is constantly evolving. And I think that you're right. That is, that is the benefit to coaching is that the structure and the strategy evolves to meet your needs as you progress. One is very flexible. Like you're not telling me on this day, you need to do this. Like if it doesn't happen, like I traveled, I was up really late. I traveled this morning. I am not getting a workout in today, but that's a choice that I am making. And I will do one tomorrow, but it's flexible. Like nobody's going to yell at me. Nobody's going to make me feel bad that I am taking care of my other needs today. Yeah. So that tomorrow I can get up and I can get my workout done. Yeah. And I think too, specifically one thing that was really beneficial for you, um, and we're going to be doing a client workshop on this soon. Although you kind of know a lot of this stuff is cycle-based training, which is a strategy that I incorporate, um, for clients at an appropriate time. It's one of those things that really isn't effective if you're not following a consistent routine. Um, but for you, it it ended up being something really beneficial because you were struggling more on your late luteal phase and during your menstrual cycle. And previously you would really push yourself through now tell us how managing your energy output dependent on your cycle has improved your ability to work out and also maybe even had an impact on your cycle symptoms. Like tell us what you've noticed about some of that. Well, it absolutely changed my relationship with working out because it was no longer, if I am, you know, menstruating, I have to push through. I have to work out. I'm going to feel worse when I'm done. Cause I'm going to be exhausted. Yeah. It's really changed how I look at working out. Like I don't have to do strength training every day of the week for my entire entire cycle. When I am lower energy, I am allowed to step back, do gentle movement, do yoga, treat my body with respect that it deserves during the time. And then as I, my energy increases, up my workouts again and start pushing myself. Exactly. And I think that that's really important. Like I did a post a while back I'm sure you saw it where I was like your concept of balance is bullshit. Where like people use balance as an excuse to do absolutely nothing (laughs) where your, your concept of balance is actually a really great example of what it looks like to listen to your body, but still hold yourself accountable to routines and behaviors that make it easy for you to follow through on a consistent basis where, you know, you might be feeling low energy, but rather than sleeping in or doing nothing, you are like, I'm still going to do like some light stretching or I'm going to do yoga or I'm going to do some low intensity cardio just to get my body moving to mentally fulfill that need for movement without it causing me more issues than I'm already like feeling just from being low energy from my cycle and things like that. And, um, that, that definitely is, I think you, you're a great example of what that balance actually looks like. So it's awesome. I get a kick out of it because I feel like there's been several weeks in a row where like, I look at your workouts and our check-in and I'm like, all right, you killed it this week. I don't, you're doing it. You figured it out and it's working. And so like, cause you just managed to show up when you need to show up, adjust when you need to adjust. And then you still also incorporate rest in a way that's very balanced. And, and again, that didn't happen overnight. We worked to get you to that point, but now you just are kind of like grooving with it, which is super fun to see. So nicely yeah, I done. I do a lot of just listening to my body of, is today a day to push myself or is today a day to let myself back up and rest? Knowing that tomorrow when I wake up rested, I will push myself. It's not 
yeah. Oh, it was really nice to rest. I'm just going to rest forever now. <laughs> rest so forever now. I'm going to rest today and then tomorrow <laughs> we'll get a push. Yeah, exactly. And I think there was like one week where I was like, Ashley. <laughs> I think there's been more than one week where you've been like, did you do yoga every day this week? And I'm like, maybe. We're human. And I was just like, explain this to me. And I was like, okay, so next week, a little more strength training. Yes. And she would be like, yeah, that works. <laughs> so. You're like, you don't have to get all four, but you do need to at least try to get two in. Like, yeah, come on, <laughs> work with me. <laughs> Which is funny. And then again, there's that other side of it of having a coach, make sure that you maintain that balance and that we don't veer too far off into the other direction. No, you always pull me back in. You're always like, okay, I saw this in your check-in and no, we're not doing that. Like yeah. what happened here? Like, or like, it's okay for this week, but like, let's not make this the trend, <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> you know, where, cause I never like to, I'm never going to like shame somebody and be like, why didn't you get a workout in? It's usually going to be like, what were the barriers to getting these movement goals in? And sometimes there's very legitimate reasons to shit not happening. Like, and, and sometimes it's just, I just, I just got a little too lax with myself this week. And, and those are good conversations to have. Um, because that also, like, if we see this, like, oh, I just feel like I'm, cause there's also a narrative sometimes that can creep in, um, of I just need to do better. I just wasn't disciplined enough. And it's like, okay, well, if this current strategy and mindset stuff isn't working, we need to, we need to flip the script and change the game a little bit and find a way that's going to get your brain to start going, um, and in a way that, okay, this does click, this does work. And I do need to show up. And sometimes just, I have a lot of individuals kind of similar to Ashley, where just having the accountability of somebody who is monitoring and whose job it is to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Literally my job is to make sure that she's taking care of herself. Like, among other things, but like that, that's the bottom line. Like you hire a coach because you need support in that self-care, that personal care of your health, of your fitness, of your mindset, um, of your nutrition and relationship with food. And just having somebody to like touch base with can make all the difference in the world, um, to make sure that you're staying on track with what you want to achieve. Cause we're human and we're not always the best at doing that for ourselves. It's true. This is why I always have a coach too. Like, Having a coach is so important. I'm like, you need a coach and a therapist and in my case, a dog trainer. And those are the three things I need in my life and I'll be okay. It takes a village sometimes. It really does. And I feel like people are afraid um, that it makes them high maintenance. And just taking care of yourself. You're just taking care of yourself. Like Holding yourself when- accountable for your mental health, your physical health. And in my case, taking care of my dog, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, when did like wanting to take care of ourselves become high maintenance? Like, yeah. that's, that's what I want to know. When did, when did we change that narrative? Okay. So I've, I have one last question for you. Um, and it's kind of a loaded question because, um, you know, obviously part of the reason of me bringing my clients on here is because, um, and why I want to start bringing clients on the podcast is because you guys, you see my content, you hear me talk all the time. I can tell you all the things in the world. I can bring other coaches and professionals on the podcast and you're like, cool. Yeah. You do this for a living. Of course you're going to, you know, market yourself and, and market your service. Well, duh. I'm never going to apologize for marketing myself and my service. This is literally my job and I change <laughs> lives. So if anybody doesn't like it, they can kiss my ass or just unfollow. It's fine. That's fine too. Um, but what would you tell somebody who is like 
considered coaching, maybe thought about reaching out because part of, part of the challenges, sometimes people want to ask about coaching. They just don't know how to start that conversation or they feel weird starting that conversation. What would you tell somebody who's been kind of like teetering on the edge of reaching out to invest in coaching and getting support? I think just reach out to them, just talk, open up the conversation because it's most likely that a coach somewhere will fit your needs. Yeah. And if you just talk to them and are like, Hey, here's what my thoughts are right now. This is what I'm struggling with. Have a conversation with them. Let them tell you what they do. Like, I think, like we said, we were talking on Instagram for months before I actually jumped into coaching because I was just having a conversation with you. Yeah. And with that conversation, it built up, oh, this is different than anything I've experienced before. We had a lot of conversations about like, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. What is your role to help me? And just start the conversation. Yeah. Because coaching will change your life. Yeah. And I, I will, I will sometimes like reach out to people because I, I can like sort of sense when someone's like lurking. You know what I mean? Like, they like sure that's how you found me, actually. I, I think, think I was just like liking question. all of your posts. You were liking everything. And I was like, hey, thanks so much for your engagement. And she's like, yeah, no problem. And then we're like, yeah, we're both, you know, you were a teacher and I used to be a teacher. And then we were like, do we just, then we just started okay. talking. But, you know, I will sometimes reach out to people and I'm just like, hey, like, I know sometimes you want to ask, but you just don't know how to ask. So I'm just, here's, here's your open entry. Here's your invitation to just like, ask me whatever you want to ask me. And, and full disclosure, any there's a million coaches out there. There really are. And I work with some amazing people. I have some amazing colleagues in the industry who are really doing amazing work and trying to change things for the better and not just like perpetuate like toxic food behaviors and toxic relationship with movement and, you know, create more just like a safe space for body neutrality. So that way people don't feel, you know, and trying to support this concept of how you look and what you weigh is not tied to your worth and doesn't have to be the sole focus of something that you're working on. If you're worried about your health, that weight loss doesn't have to equal health. Um, because that also can get lost in translation. Um, but, um, it, it, a coach should talk to you. I always tell people, I get people in my DMS all the time and they ask me, and you can probably attest to this. They're like, I don't want to take up your time or your resources. And I was like, trust me, you asking me a question in the DMS is not even close to what it's like to be my client. Like talking to me in the DMs, asking me random things here and there. I will answer one-off questions. Like if I have enough information, sure, why not? Because when you're my client, it's a much different story. It's a much more in-depth, high level. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Like, <laughs> yes. But I'm easy to talk to, guys. I promise. So he really is. Right. He's very easy to talk with. What's funny is I've got a friend, Christy, and she's really tiny and cute. And she was like, you scared me the first time I met you. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, and then I realized you're just a big marshmallow. And I was like, no, oh, thank you. <laughs> so if I look scary, I promise I'm not. Yeah, just open up the conversation. Yes, for sure. Now, if you guys are like trying to get in my DMs and you're not even sure what to say, just send me a food emoji. And I'll know that you listen to the podcast and you're just, you're wanting to have a conversation. We'll be like, cool, food emoji, let's chat. All right. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on today. This was super fun. Um, really great opportunity to share and celebrate everything that you've accomplished to this point. I know that we're definitely, we're like, we have, we, I'm excited for like the things we have some exciting things that we're doing. This with is going to be a really body. good year. This is going to be a really good year. I feel like, <laughs> like, I feel like last year was definitely the year to like, 
sort of like iron out a lot of the kinks and this year's like the year to like put the shine on everything like we're really I'm super stoked we're, we're really going into a good place we got some great biofeedback coming from you recently which is so exciting so um but anyway uh thank you guys for being here on the podcast and thank you again Ashley and um we'll uh we'll be around oh um I will uh, Ashley is at like fit girl ash 1995 on Instagram. If you want to stalk her page, she's pretty fun. She puts Clyde <laughs> on her, um, her, her dog is always on her Instagram and he's really cute. Oh, yes. Um, and he's really fun. So you should go, I mean, if, if anything, like you should just, you should just go for him. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he's really cute. He's totally worth it. Yeah. He's amazing. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning into the What the Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. And don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support. And I will see you next time.